0: Welcome to the Money Rules podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, (laughs) We Dumelonzoko. Insurance touches every facet of our lives, from health to life, property to liability. But could you have too much cover? And if you're overinsured, how can this affect your retirement planning? To help us navigate this, we're joined by Craig Tor, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Craig, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks very much, Timmy, for having me on the show.
0: Craig, I think a lot of us would not think that insurance we have in place could negatively affect our retirement planning. Can you please explain how it could and why this is often a blind spot for many individuals?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think there there are a couple of ways it happens and maybe we should start there. Um, You know, the one is very obvious. They they could uh, have been oversold by the insurance broker, um, because obviously the insurance broker earns commission for the uh, sale of the product. So so there is a a bit of an incentive to oversell. But uh, often that's not the case. Often the amount of cover that was taken out initially was the correct amount of cover. But what happens over time is that the need for cover typically reduces. So Uh, For example, if you have a family and you're starting out, we we always kind of uh, make the comment that you'd need the most cover the day your final child is born. So, you know, um, if you think about that, you have a future liability of taking care of that uh, child until they finish university. At that stage, you're probably pretty heavily indebted in terms of your bond. Um, You know, so it stands to reason that at that stage, you'd probably need the the most amount of risk cover um, but then as time moves on uh, that need would decrease you know as the kids get older as the bond gets reduced. Um, so what happens is that often people just purchase the cover it increases in line with inflation year on year and they never relook at it in order to trim it back and they end up paying uh, you know exponentially higher premiums for that uh, for that level of cover.
0: And in your experience, what are some of the most common forms of overinsurance people encounter in their financial planning journey?
1: Uh, You know, to me, it's Typically, it's the life cover that tends to um, yeah, it, it tends to end up being of too high a quantum uh, down the line. But very often, we find that dread disease is oversold. You know, it's sold based on fear. There's a very high likelihood of uh, having a claim. Um, but what is often ignored is what will the financial implication be if one were to contract a dread disease? So the smart thing to do is to begin with that in mind and look at you know for example, if the person has a medical aid uh, the regulations in uh, um, uh, in terms of medical schemes um, ensure that the uh medical schemes have to uh, meet um, government requirements uh and and cover um You know, cover the uh, um, uh, prescribed minimum benefits, excuse me, losing my track of thought there. So it's prescribed minimum minimum benefits that all medical schemes need to cover. So that would cover the bulk of any costs associated with a cancer or heart attack or anything like that and then on the other side if the dread disease led to a disability and the client has income protection in place you know the need for dread disease is very difficult to quantify and we very often find it's oversold you know where clients have millions of dread disease cover and it's a very expensive product so they end up wasting a lot of money on it essentially
0: are there any particular indicators or signs that someone might be overinsured? And how can individuals assess their insurance needs accurately?
1: Yeah, so I think it's important to do scenario planning. So it begins with one's budget um, and one needs to look at what it costs to maintain the current standard of living, and then do the various scenarios. So if you've got husband and wife, for example, and husband were to pass away, wife were to pass away, those scenarios need to be run. In other words, there would be less income coming into the household. There would be a slight reduction in expenses, but not a complete, uh, you know, uh, uh, and that those calculations need to be taken into consideration um, and not just current, because obviously current may involve bond repayments, it may involve uh, paying for school fees, university fees. So those expenses do fall away. So one has to look at a scenario for the rest of one's life um, in order to accurately assess how much cover is needed. So it's not just a simple thumbsuck exercise.
0: Craig, can you maybe share with us an example of an intervention you had with a client in this regard and its impact on their retirement planning?
1: Yeah, um, this is a very interesting one. We've had numerous, but this is probably one of the more extreme ones. A client was spending um, just around 30,000 Rand a month on risk cover. Um, When we went through the scenario planning, it turned out that they could actually trim their cover back. Uh, By about 16,500 Rand per month. Now, one must bear in mind that in order to pay 16,500 in risk premiums, one needs to earn at his tax rate about 28,000 per month. So, essentially, what we then suggested after trimming back the risk premium by 16 and a half thousand was to use that money plus the tax savings and put that into a retirement fund um, and that had the impact uh, over a nine-year period of actually adding another nine years to their retirement plan in other words before the client came to us they would have only had enough money to retire at 65 and they would have run out by age 74 Just by that one intervention, we were able to add another nine years onto the lifetime of that uh, retirement fund. Which, which, you know, that, that um, uh, end result was achieved without, uh, you know, without a, an additional cent coming out of their budget that it was just redirecting the money that was being wasted on risk. So there are numerous examples like that, and they are very powerful um, and, and have a, a, a very big negative impact on retirement funds.
0: So what strategies or advice do you often provide to clients regarding striking the right balance between insurance coverage and securing their retirement?
1: Look, there it's it's really around regular reviews, you know. I think as people's needs change as their balance sheet moves and shifts, it's important to re uh, look at what one is spending on on life insurance and, uh, you know, disability insurance, etc. So it's just really about conducting those regular reviews. Don't put it off for, you know, five, ten years thinking that what you had in place was sufficient so you should be fine. The The danger is that you're just paying away money that you, you, you're literally wasting.
0: Just think on reassessing your insurance coverage. What is the optimal time period to do that?
1: Look, we we suggest that it's done at least annually. Um, not may have shifted in a in a one year period, but it's always a good idea to keep keep tabs on it because you know in a one year period things can move quite favourably in the right direction from a balance sheet perspective. Um, things like inheritances, for example, may result in a much lower need for life insurance. Um, For example, you may receive a really good bonus, which is put into the bond and thus reduce the need for uh, cover to settle the debt. Um, You know, children may have a change of plan in terms of their studies, decide to work earlier um, than they had previously planned on, which, which would reduce the need for cover. So there are a number of factors that would have an impact in that regard.
0: And just lastly, Craig, how often would you recommend that people check the retirement plan to make sure it's still in line with their goals?
1: Again, you know, at at least annually, um, I would uh, certainly recommend at least annually. Investment feedback can be given more regularly than that. But if uh, a sound plan is put in place, uh, you know, annually should be sufficient. Unless there are changes that occur before that uh, anniversary is up, then absolutely, you know, I would suggest they get hold of their planner and reassess based on the new uh, conditions that may exist.
0: Craig, thank you so much for joining us in this episode and shedding light on this often overlooked aspect of financial planning.
1: Oh, great pleasure. Great pleasure,
0: Tim. That was Craig Tor, who is a certified financial planner at Crew Invest. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. MoneyWeb,
1: your trusted source for business and investment insights.